don't give them everything they need to do. Tell them what the objective that you need them to achieve is. Collectively, talk about the results that you're gonna want them to achieve. Try to keep it to more, no more than three. Because by capturing that, everybody learns by stories anyway. So, but by capturing that success story and relaying that across your organization, it's going to encourage and empower other people. Hey everyone, Carrie Rome and Lisa Beckshuck. And Lisa Beckshuck. On the Cage Vision podcast, is it the only time you say your full name? Yes. I, I mean, it's just, I don't think that, that men understand how complicated it is to change one's name. Like, you have to take a full day off from work to go to like, all the different places, official okay. government agencies, right. and don't even get to the whole changing it at work and IT thing with email and, and access to programs and all of that. So I'm just sort of living into being Mrs. Shuck for a little yeah, while. Yeah. And then I'll get around to sort of, I mean, it's official. We have a marriage license. Yeah, what yeah, else yeah. do we need? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. I, you, I would say normally people's excuses are, just poor because everybody has one, but that those are valid. I have no appreciation for changing my last name. Correct. Right. Correct. So there you go. There you go. I don't. You still need to get it done. I'm going I'm to. I'm joking. Anyway, we're just having fun. Listen, today we're talking about helping you unlock your caged vision through giving. Power to the people, as it were, Lisa Beckshock. Ah, power really. to the Not people. Really. It's really empowering people. But do you know the power to the people slogan comes no. from? I mean, I know the, it, but I don't know the fact that you're about to state. Like the Black Panthers used it in the 60s. Okay. It's sort of an anti-establishment Okay, slogan. so then this is not what this we're talking about today. This is not that. <laughs> Power to the people is the negative connotation of what we're trying to say, which is empower your people. Ah, so very good. So as the leader of your organization, as possibly a business owner and the leader of your organization, you are, you've got this vision in your head. You know where you want to go. The challenge becomes um, you need to find a way, a mechanism to get that done. One of the ways to do that is by empowering your team. I love this. I love, love, love empowering people because I think it, it it encourages them and it gets them engaged. Do you love it more than the topic we talked about last week? Ooh, I put her up against a tough one. You know. Do you remember the topic we talked about last customer week? Customer experience. Okay, okay. Just checking. Just checking. Uh, I don't know that I love. Well, I don't know. I think that. If you empower your people about that, a customer experience, well, I then think you hit the goal. There line. you go. Exactly. Yeah. I think if your people are engaged yes. and your people are going to be engaged if you empower them, then that impacts customer experience. Uh, I nice got tie-in. some serious e alliteration go. going on yeah. today. All right. So listen, here's the thing um, your team needs to know how to participate in your plan. Okay. You can't, empowering your people does not mean getting up and saying, here's where we're going, and then following up in 12 months. No. They won't have got anything done. No, no, no. No, no, no. They, they, they need you, and they need you to participate 
potentially at different levels. You can't always play the same role. Oh, gosh, no. Sometimes you need to be a coach. Sometimes you need to be an influencer. Sometimes you need to be... You need to play alongside them. Yeah. Jump. How about this? Sometimes you need to roll up your sleeves and be a player. But here's the thing. Be a player only to, until you get them jump-started, then back out and reassess. Don't resist being a full-time player, getting entrenched. And that's hard for a lot of people. Oh, it is. I think once you get people moving in the direction of your vision yeah. of what you want to achieve, you step back and then you you become a caretaker or an influencer or a coach where you just sort of guide them. Yeah, very good. Very good. That's a that's a fabulous. Uh, I think it's I think it's a it's a good way for the audience who's listening to sort of think about. All right, I'm laying out my plan. I need to make sure that everybody knows how to participate and then what role do I play? It's not one role. Your no. job is to back up and reassess and say, where am I needed most? So I think that that happens in healthy companies. And it can also, there can be pockets of it in unhealthy companies. Oh, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I think that that's something that we have to realize as well is that there are really three types of companies, right? There, there are the hard companies, the driven companies. Those are the, those are the companies that just burn people out. Work you into the ground. Everybody's there for one reason, money. Uh, Enron is probably a pretty good example of that one. Would you say? Yes, I would say so. You know, it's cutthroat. Um, it is, uh, people go there with ambitions to climb the ladder, no matter what it's churn and burn right churn and burn that that's not a healthy company people are unhappy there yeah then you have the second or the other extreme right which is a soft company and that's where you coddle employees Mm. the the people there the dmv is the perfect example of a soft company So so the dmv let's think about that i wouldn't think that that I get that it's soft because anywhere where you, where someone says or potentially could tell their boss you can't fire me is probably soft, right? Definitely, it's completely entitled. And, and there's ju- apathy, but but I think it originates from not being challenged and not being engaged. Okay, and would you say that 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 comes from um, a? It, it's not one thing, but is it come from? trying to overstructure and overmanage and everything's got a policy and nobody can think on their own. And so all of a sudden, if I can't think, well, then I'll just sit here and I'll just sit here. If I'm not challenged, I'll just sit here and collect a paycheck. Oh, definitely. I think they work for security. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think anyone really, well, some people might, but I mean, do you really go, I think unions can be another example of a soft company where people aren't challenged and they, there's no sense of, um, achievement or success or I don't know. I don't know enough about unions to know. I think the people working for unions probably, I think the original intent is... I think the original intent was good. To get Yeah, and these people need a voice to protect yeah. them because otherwise... Because the other extreme, hard companies, were take advantage of certain of, people, right? Exactly. It's when you get out of... When you, when you take advantage of that and turn it into something it wasn't originally intended to be, which the soft companies, the employees do. Yeah. 
because they're just, they become, I'm going to use the word lazy. Not everyone that works at a soft company is lazy, just like not everyone that works at a hard company, you know, is cutthroat. Cutthroat. Um, you're looking at me like, yes, they are. But I think uh, I, that there are pockets in lots of companies where there's an individual that's empowering people. But let's talk about how you how do you find that balance and create a healthy company that empowers people, which creates people that are engaged, which creates customer experience. Oh, gosh. Gonna, we already did that episode, Lisa. That I know. Shot. I know. All right, before you do that, let me ask you this. When you walk into a company, can you tell within 10 seconds what type of company it is? Maybe not. Yeah, probably yeah, so. Yeah, you already know. Yeah. You already know. You know the intensity with some with with which somebody comes up and they talk to you and they're not really listening to you because they need to know they've got an agenda and either you got the answer for me or get out of my way or you're standing there for the first 10 seconds and they haven't even acknowledged you because they don't have to. They don't care about you because I'm never getting fired. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Carry on. Um, just how do you find that balance and create a healthy company? And I think it's an ongoing process. I don't know that any did you, of did us. You, hold on. What? Did you do yoga this morning? Why do you ask? You're just that? like Zen. You're just so. If you feel like you should be sitting um, with your legs crossed and like. I don't know why I'm so calm this you're morning. You're very calm. Is that a bad thing? Do I need to be like, woohoo? No, I think I'm trying to overcompensate for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so I was just wondering because you're in a Zen moment, but that's a very teachable voice that you're carrying. So oh, continue. is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I also think that. There's been a lot of there's been I think there is a shift in corporate America towards becoming uh, healthier companies and by engaging people and I actually think that the millennial generation I was about to are ask. the ones that are driving this shift. Um, which there's a lot of positive things that go along with that because I think that their mentality of doing everything on a team, which also can be extremely frustrating. Um, I think it actually works well in certain situations. And when you empower them to work together, you know, two heads are better than one. Yeah. Well, you just gave me, uh, hence the, you know, the software app Slack. Yes. It's taken off. So but because it's, it's this team thing, right? And it does teaming, but it also does it's got the aspects of an application that people use every day growing up for this demographic, your F Facebook or you know LinkedIn as they get into their career. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, so let's talk about some examples of how you empower people. How do you did we define? Did we define? Did we really d describe no. that healthy company? The Why balance in the that? middle. Why don't you do that? Okay, all right, I'll do that. So. Um, the balance is based on your vision and what what you want to do is you want to encourage your people to work smart. So one tip for doing that is as you lay out your vision, as you lay out your plan for where you want to go, and as you roll that down, and we use the term cascade, but as you just sort of map it down to individual departments, try this tip. Don't give them everything they need to do. Tell them what the objective 
that you need them to achieve is collectively talk about the results that you're going to want them to achieve. Try to keep it to more, no more than three. And then have them, them come up with the solutions. Have them come up with what they need to execute on and what they need to deliver on. That is the empowerment with some guidance of direction. Now, done the right way, all of this maps back to your overall corporate vision and strategy of where you want to go. But don't just tell everybody. Listen, we brought we brought up the example of the DMV. When you tell everybody what to do, and you, and you think for them, and you don't challenge them to think for themselves, they will stop. Oh, yes, they will stop, because there's no reason for them there's to no do reason. anything. If you're do it for me, it means you don't value what, what, I, what my Oh, my, my gosh, that's it. That's exactly, yes. And people need to feel like they are valued. And the only way for them to feel valued is for, you, for them to participate in your plan. So now, Lisa Backshock, I think, you know, going into some examples here is probably a good, good idea. Yeah. Well, yes. So I have two examples. So I took um, a team. I have a team of about 20 branch managers across the state of Alabama. And one of the things that I have done recently is said to them, hey, you know what we're trying to achieve what ideas do you have to move the region forward, right? To move your branch in your community forward. And one of them in particular, um, she is in an LMI county, which mm-hmm. is low to moderate income. The whole county is LMI. And she said, we need to come up with a product that these people can use because they're just out of These are the working poor. Mm-hmm. And it's what we have is just out of reach for them. I mm-hmm. said, that's a great idea. What kind of data do you have to support that? And then what, what do you think this should look like? Well, she went off and she, I mean, That's all I needed to say. And she went and created a product. She did research. She has supporting data. She knows what it should look like. I I mean, I'm pretty impressed. And she's really excited. And so now we're going to go and present this product. I I have done some groundwork. I I went to see credit before this happened. And, you know, I, I did a few things to sort of make sure before she went off and did this that you know, it was going to be well received. And, and now we're going to go and, and meet with a few people who are like, yeah, I think this is a great idea for yeah. banks to do what's called CRA community reinvestment. And this is a great community reinvestment product and project that could get implemented across the whole institution. Mm. Just because the question was asked of an employee you know what we're trying to achieve as an organization. What do you think in your community would move that along? Okay, so we're going to take this one example and we're going to we're going to relate it to you if you're listening and how you can do this same thing and take advantage of when someone does what Lisa just mentioned. So, let me re- recap here. You've unlocked your vision, you've mapped it out, you've you didn't tell everybody what to do you you said here's the overall objective and here are the results what do you think we need to do to achieve this when you have someone that jumps in it is critically important for you to capture that success story yes because 
by capturing that, everybody learns by stories anyway. So, but by capturing that success story and relaying that across your organization, it's going to encourage and empower other people. Mm, So good. So to recap, you, Lisa, in this example, you set the objectives and the results and you empower them to create, think, create and solve. And you gave them, you didn't, you didn't pave the road for them. You, you sort of pointed them towards a path that they might want to take and let them sort of start chopping away and making their own trail, which is really, really cool. Then once you have that success story, that is the kindling for more success. As you just said, people want to hear about that success. And you might say, man, that's pretty cool, but that's just the start. You want to capture that success and make sure that you highlight that success but then there's even one step further, right? That probably most people don't necessarily do, but I think it's critically important. Well, I think that if you highlight the attributes, the strengths of the individuals who are thoroughly engaged in your organization, and that can look different. You know, they're not all going to look exactly the same, but I think you are going to have some characteristics that are the same. Um, for instance, you know, I love strength finders, but um, we've done strength finders in the central region at Renaissance for the branch managers and some of the branches. And what we find is that we have a lot of people that are achievers and a lot of people that have responsibility. Mm-hmm. So they're very hardworking individuals. And then we have a lot of strengths in the relationship category, which makes sense, right? We're hardworking bankers. We, yeah, we develop yeah. relationships with our customers. But if you find, if you figure out what those attributes are, then you find more people like that. Now, that and that is the point. Who steps up? So think about this. All we've done is we've just painted the vision of where you want to go. You've made it contextual to them. You've asked them to participate. And then you highlight the persons that step up and then say, hey, I think we should get more like that. That's pretty simple, pretty basic, right? We say it's pretty basic, but you and I both know that. No, but I'm saying conceptually, if, if if you're listening, that is something you can do. There are tools, there are tools that you can use to sort of test the attributes and, but the first couple steps, I mean, I know it gets complicated when you get into the attributes, but the first couple steps it's, it's it's it can be done. This is not a mountain that can't be climbed. No, are we going to start breaking into ain't no mountain high? No, no, I was not going there. Although, is that a '60s reference again? Yes. Oh what? my gosh, what? Lisa I'm was like, definitely born in the '60s. I was born in the '60s. Is that your favorite decade? I feel like you might have peaked in your '80s. Not that you're not peaking now. What? <laughs> I don't know. Did you I have like a, the 80s Did you have a mall claw with like a? Um, you know, bangs with like a mall claw and like a little curly business in the back? I did not, but I did have some poofy hair. Yeah. I did. Can we pull up some pictures no. of that? No, we cannot. Please? No. Okay. Maybe for a Friday fun fact, I'll find one one day. Okay. That yeah. would be fun. That would be fun. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. We hope you found this episode encouraging and helps build confidence in working with your team and empowering your team. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.